But in one of your videos, you mentioned how like creativity is a muscle that you have to exercise and you have to work. Yeah. How do you like go about that? Obviously, right on your windows is one part, but like tell me a little bit about your process. Dude, I think it goes back to you know, the concept of my mother in base. It's like <laughs> and standing in that church pew. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, the importance of practice. Like I I believe wholeheartedly in, in intentional practicing. Like you have to put in hours. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't go to a gym and, you know, do one session expect to be ripped. Yeah. Like so I believe creativity is the same thing. And I you know, I, I think sometimes as creatives we think just because it's creativity can can be so free flowing and and almost water like mm-hmm. that we don't have to give it that hard tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know the really good creatives, um, whether that's film or music, they operate well under pressure mm-hmm. because I think they've been pushed and they train themselves to maintain well under pressure. Um, and but they can also be free flowing and have those regulatory moments where everything is a little calm and Mm -hmm. so i um you know i practice like i whether it's like writing every day whether it's reading whether it's watching a new type of film or movie or um and even you know the thing i've had to challenge myself is live life like that's because i'm I'm definitely obsessed with what i do so i can be in a room Mm -hmm. 16 hours and work but like okay in order to practice my craft and that work that mostly even more what stories are in life that mm-hmm. I can interact with um but I think you know it's creativity is a muscle so you, you got to work it every day in some yeah. way shape or form Thank you for being on the podcast. 100%. I We're back it. here at Prosperous Pit with Abram Schaefer, man. Well, Dude, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Yeah. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty it's, good. It's good. Um, I was just watching uh, some of your stuff on Instagram before yeah. you came in here. Yeah. And uh, you've been killing the game. I have to give you your props, like right now, like right I off the rip. That. That, uh, not only are you pumping stuff out there and like putting out content but it's like really good stuff it doesn't feel rushed it doesn't feel cheesy it feels like i don't know it feels like you it feels like you've been doing this for a long time dude i appreciate that yeah. that means a lot uh-huh. um i say the same like i see your stuff and it's it's oversaturated is the word authentic is it's authentic mm-hmm. and it's like definitely grassroots and community based which i really really enjoy mm-hmm. so yeah Man, thank you for saying that. That mean that means a lot. Um, but yeah, like I guess, in your words, what do you do? Oh gosh, um, that's such an interesting question. Uh, I would just consider myself a storyteller. Like I just, um, I'm not really a big fan of the word content creator because I think it comes with so many yeah. expectations. But I would say storyteller. Um, that goes under like musician, you know, writer, cinematographer, mm-hmm. you know that. that I think I've 
guy, man, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll put, kind of put them in all those things. Yeah, because that's like one of the things that I want to talk to you about most, and I feel like we talk about it all the time, is that word content creator. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, I was just saying how it's nice to have a, a, a someone who knows themselves around the business, yeah. which is like you're a filmmaker um, as well as a storyteller, but you know your way around cameras and audio equipment. Yeah. Um, and I think we both can agree that we think of each other, think of ourselves as filmmakers, yep. storytellers before whatever a content creator is. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily what the rest of the world thinks. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself like battling that stereotype or whatever, whatever you would call, you know, that blanket statement content creator over your work? Like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Um, I think when I first started, I was like, yeah, I'm a content creator. And I think I think now it's kind of, when I think of content creator, I think of trends and I think of, you know, um, I think of the lack of innovation. I think of like just repeating a cycle of, of things that have worked. And I think when I, f- when I hear it now, I'm like, I'm not really a content. Yes, I'm, I'm putting out, things in, in, in the social media realm that could be considered content, but mm-hmm. I think it's art. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, um, that's a very interesting question. I, I, I definitely think it's, my perspective has changed over time. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard to battle that because it's so, everyone's, everyone in the mom is kind of a content creator now. Right. So, but I don't want to kind of be in that mix, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, has it changed since you um, published Jazz is Dead? Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think I think my perspective was shifting a little bit before that, but that video definitely changed the way that I approach um, concepts and storytelling, like mixing them with things that aren't normally talked about. Um, because I know before that I was just doing, you know, just talking to camera stuff and it Mm -hmm. seemed a little, to me, it seemed a little amateurish, but I didn't know which direction I was going. And that was the first one I was like, let's dive into a concept. And it had some like cinema background to it. You know, I'm talking about Whiplash and La La Land and the connection. And I think after that moment, I was like, I think this is storytelling just in kind of a different kind of sense if that makes sense right yeah Yeah. right um yeah i if i guess if if there's people who haven't let me shut you out real quick yeah 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 if there are people who haven't i really recommend you go to abram's page and go to your instagram page three cameras staring at us brand new let's go season three um uh but um yeah, the it's your most popular uh, video, most liked. I think you're sitting at like fifty thousand right now, which yeah. is yeah, that's really remarkable. It Dude, really, like, what is that like? <laughs> ha- like sitting there and knowing because one, your work is so you, it's so genuine. You're so much, like there is no separation yeah. of your work from who you are. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, one, I think it's really brave, but also like, what does that make you? How does that make you feel about like? you know, 50,000 people have not only, at least, uh, probably more, I've seen your work and and showed love to it. Um, it, So that happened randomly. Like, I put it out, 
and I was seeing, you know, normal numbers. And then random one day, my I look at Instagram and it's blowing up. And I'm like, um, it, it, it was like a taste of something that I don't think I want to taste again. Really? Yeah, because it made me feel anxious. I was like, and uh, I, I opened it. And then I noticed I was like checking it all the time. Like mm-hmm. how many people are following, how many people are commenting, and then seeing the comments and seeing like, okay, well you, you really didn't get the point of the video and the, by the some of the comments and some people were just like, oh, I want more, I want when are you coming out with the next. So it's like, or can you do a spinoff? And I, you know, I don't I don't do spinoffs of you know. So I, it it was just weird, mm-hmm. and I was like, um. I don't think I want to go through this anymore. And I have my, my IG notifications off. Yeah. So I was just constantly opening it up. Mm-hmm. But I think it showed me, I had to like kind of sit because I think in those moments, you hear a lot of people like, you got to take, take advantage of the opportunity. So, you know, what what does that next piece of content look like? What is, um, and I was like, okay, do I want to repeat the same thing or talk about jazz again? Do I, I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to put out what I already have planned. People rock with it. They rock with it. They don't, they don't. But I, I think in the midst of that, I kind of saw, it was like an aha moment mm-hmm. of like, I think I, I just got better in my craft. Yeah. So forget the numbers. It was hard to do that. Cause like I was getting a lot of DMS, a lot of messages and, uh, but at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know if I want right. to have this happen again. So, right. yeah. That's so interesting. I, that makes me think back to um, the difference between like a filmmaker and content creator. Like only 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like that experience that you had is yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Like imagine Martin Scorsese like putting out a film and instantly getting reactions yeah. to it like in his pocket just like uh, yeah. everywhere you know you're just buzzing off like the charts and I can't help but feel like that does change the approach yeah like, it changes everything yeah and um yeah for me like I kind of like you were saying it makes you anxious it kind of makes me anxious but almost like you know nervous maybe even like afraid of um what like I want to do and where it feels like the market and the industry is heading. Yeah. Um, because you know, like, yeah, I, I, I became, I, I started on my journey as a storyteller, as a filmmaker because of movies and things like La La Land and uh, whiplash. And, um, those are what inspire me. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I want to make is like, I want to make a long form piece that, you know, people go spend their time with digesting it and then sharing it, you know, sharing their experience, but like amongst close ones or like that intimate feeling of going to the movies and, and digesting a story with like a group of friends. Yeah. It's, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of, that's taken away for immediate like interaction with people yep. from social media. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's definitely like a double-edged sword because I think while social media can help you build a craft and build the consistency within a craft, I think it also is easy to fall by the wayside of like mediocrity mm-hmm. and being like, you know, I've gone viral a couple of times. It's going to keep on repeating 
until something happens, something bigger happens, and that mm-hmm. I think that's when you know money comes in, brand deals, and all that stuff. And I think you know that's part of the rose colored colored glasses of that. And you, you know, there's no point in taking risks anymore because I have all these people that already love what I do. So why am I going to try something new, or you know, try a different camera, try different angles? That's no, I'm just gonna re- keep on repeating because that's gonna bring the eyes and the money in. That's just like one of my hot takes. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and. You know, I I know that experience of yeah. like kind of like waiting for something bigger to happen. Yeah. With your art, I recently was told like a watch pot doesn't boil. Yeah. And that's what I feel like. Yeah. Social media is for like a lot of creators. Yeah. It's like there's a part of you you want to be as uh, um, subjective, as intimate as you to yourself, as true to yourself as you can be. Yeah. But you can't ignore the fact. I mean, like there, everyone's got an ego. Everyone's got. I mean, uh, you know, if you're as far into this game, it's like everyone's got passion for it and mm-hmm. everyone's got, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambition. You know, yeah. everyone's got ambition. So um, there is that part of you is like, when is that video going to pop off? When mm-hmm. is that? When am I going to start seeing numbers? When am I going to start Yo. seeing like yeah. some a different experience than I'm feeling right yeah. now? And that totally affects the creativity. Yeah. Um, but uh, before, because we can go, I'll go so far into the social media <laughs> good, ra- loophole. Good. But I want to like get to because you're you're such a um, you're such a varied artist. Yeah, and because oh, yeah, yeah. you you started off as a sound engineer. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you went for school to school for. Yeah, like tell me about that journey. And, yeah, so I originally went to school for computer science. So I was gonna go for computer science, and but in high school I was making beats. Um, you know, just like recording a friend here and there, right. or whatever, and then got to school and started making like kind of good money from making beats. Mm-hmm. And I, um, was freshman year, uh, you know, all my friends kind of left, but I was noticing in the computer science classes, I would like sneak the headphone through my ear and I would be making music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, like, I already knew kind of how to work sound a little bit. I was like, okay, what if I just go down this path? a little bit more and see what happens so I, I changed my major um and fully like went into the sound engineering I, th- I wanted to be like a music producer that's what I wanted to be and I wanted to be in the studio 24-7 and um it like it was something about being in the studio and I also played bass so you know yeah it was kind of just a part of that and I'm just, I started like connecting dots and seeing there's so many holes that music wasn't being either utilized or being or really just being utilized to its best potential so like i noticed that within like marketing and and that's kind of where like my view kind of started to skew and i was and then you know started learning about content filming and all that stuff but like it, it, it really started with me making beats in computer science class and i was like i'm and it was boring too so i was like i'm not doing this yeah <laughs> right um i read i was checking out your website before that you were um uh, you said you were he- you were heavily influenced by a specific kanye west yeah album, <laughs> and that kind of like got you into producing yeah yeah so and uh i taught myself how to produce so like in high school there's these these uh you know, like the old Macs with the, it's like a big Mac. Oh, yeah. yeah, so. Computer lab. Yeah, so yeah. I, I got one of those. My um, a cousin gave me it, 
and I learned basically like how MIDI works and how you connect a, a keyboard to a computer and how you know all the sound stuff works yeah. and then um, I learned how to sample so like her college dropout I was like okay I need to figure out how this dude did this and I started learning how to sample and you know putting the audio files and basically teaching myself how to remake the songs they were trash mm-hmm. but I was learning okay chop audio this kind of how you do it um I didn't have you know any beat machine so you just kind of try to make it off of garage band but that's kind of where where it started like when I first heard college dropout that's the first rap album I, I heard in high school mm-hmm. I was like I gotta figure out what this is so yeah yeah that dude um yeah I it's so cool because that's all self-taught yeah and that's sort of the experience of of like learning how to operate these you know the machinery but also you know the software is yeah. always because uh, I've t- I taught myself how to edit video yep. um and yeah, it, uh, like learning GarageBand, like I can, you painted like such a good image. I can see you like learning GarageBand on one of those old Mac computers. Dude, it was like version one of GarageBand. Yeah. But it's like, I became so obsessed with it that I put my bed in a little corner. And I was, at that time, I was just like saving up bread no matter where I could get it. And I was, you know, picking up used um, drum machines and, keyboards and just like filled my room with it so wires like everywhere i'll just climb over and get in bed and then this time i'm going to bed at like 3 a.m just get up at 6 a.m to go to school but i was just like making beats and figuring out how to plug my bass in and yeah. get all these weird sounds so it you know kind of grew over time so yeah. like uh dexter's laboratory yeah that's really what it was <laughs> my, my parents were pissed heated i'm banging on shit at you know three in the morning why my lights on at three in the morning? So yeah, I'm making art, mom. Yeah, they, no, they, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they didn't, they didn't understand. understand. No, <laughs> they never understand. No, they never so. understand us. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. So when do you start picking up bass, I, um, so bass was the first thing I picked up. So that was at five. Oh, and my um, my sister came out of the womb like singing. Uh-huh. So. My, <laughs> yeah, my sister you could sing yeah there. yeah so my parents were like well you're gonna do something uh-huh. so put a bass in my hand and i really th- i think it's it's uh good and bad because my mother was her side of the family full of musicians but she was just really strict on me learning like you're not gonna quit bass so i grew up in church mm-hmm. and she would i was trash i was terrible but she would get in the choir stand, just like bang on the pew, just like keep time, whatever. They would record my like when I would play, and I have to listen back to how bad I sounded the next morning uh-huh. before I go to school. So like, and really the only thing was you come home, you do your homework, you practice, and I did that for years. And it kind of like got to this point where you know I was telling myself to practice, so I'm sitting in front of. You know, I still want to watch cartoons, so I'm sitting in front of a TV, practicing the theme song of SpongeBob, practicing the commercials, playing along with everything on the TV in order to watch and also get my practice time in. So I think that was like the early part of obsession um, that I experienced. But like my mother was like brutal. Like my dad was like, "Yeah, you need to practice," but uh-huh. my mother was like, "You practice every day, F- homework uh-huh. and practice. That's it." 
Looking so. back at it, are you grateful? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, I there. I was gonna say. Cause like I'm, I'm, I'm good, You're and good. I was yeah. like, <laughs> but it was like that. She was the the first, the first person yeah. that was like, you got to do this, and then you, know, you say she was standing out in the pews, keeping time. Yeah, by like on the, banging on it. Like was she in the front or in the front? Wow, like banging on it, and uh-huh. you got people looking at me like, your mom is crazy, like. You know, but also, you know, it was a small church, a family church. So, like, I was getting laughed at. I didn't know how to play. It sounded trash. I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I remember this one day. It was random. I was young. I went to the bathroom. And something in my mind just, like, clicked. And I come back. And, like, all this. At that time, I was listening, you know, like, jazz. And I just, like, I hit this jazz lick. And it, like, at that point, it I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to see like a pattern. Mm-hmm. And now like when I play bass, I see shapes. Like I can see the shapes. And yeah, you're it, it, that. at that point I was like, dude, like what the heck? Yeah, yeah I, like I, I was so excited, I, but I couldn't explain it because I, I think I was like maybe eight or mm-hmm. nine or something like that. But I came back and started to kind of figure stuff out. You yeah. Know? But yeah. That sounds like an incredible moment. It like, felt good. It yeah. felt it felt rewarding because like I was practicing so much and nothing was uh-huh. clicking, and then this small little piece clicked uh-huh. in this like whole. Do you remember the piece? No, no, I don't. I just like I remember it was just like a, like a scale, like uh-huh. a, a scale that it's like a pentatonic scale that you often hear in gospel and blues and stuff, and it's used in gospel a lot, and like it was just hard to do the fingering and I, I but that day it just like i saw it and i was like bro mm-hmm. and that's all i did for <laughs> for i don't know how long sure. but um and then just kind of started building from there yeah so, yeah that's amazing um what was i gonna ask uh yeah well i know that most musicians that come out of gospel come out of the church are usually like some of the best yeah um <laughs> yeah that's something that i've noticed uh and and as someone who has never like i've never felt that moment where it clicked because like i've tried to learn the guitar but i've yeah. always just I've, I've quit before i like it clicked I'm, yeah um but uh so that 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 moment sounds like so satisfying it makes me want to get back into it and try and get get dude it, yeah i think it like i've noticed that click and in just other areas because i think from a young age i was able to pick up patterns uh-huh. and seeing like patterns on the bass made me it helped when learning like filmmaking and storytelling yeah so like you know in filmmaking or even just editing like when i taught myself final cut i was like okay there's obviously there's a pattern in how you yeah and you can you know manipulate the pattern as much as you want it's like that's that's even how you know I develop the scripts and and mm-hmm. concepts because like I'm breaking everything down to this like micro level and figuring out themes and putting them together and it's like okay there's a pattern here yeah now I'm just I gotta rebuild the pattern right so that's just something I I've I think that that moment was the first time I recognized it and then just kind of you know it bled into other things right. as I got older yeah yeah, yeah uh, the pat like. That's what I notice, what I can pick up when I'm editing. That's where I feel like I, even though I'm, I can't play an instrument, it sometimes feels like the editing, like yeah. the, the editing is the instrument. Yes. It's, it's the, it's the drum. It's the jazz. Yeah. You're keeping the beat like the whole time. Exactly. And, 
that's, that's where it's like it. when filmmaking, you know, we talk about pacing all the time, yep. like pacing of a scene. Yep. And that is what it, it feels like that pattern you're talking about is like just pacing and, and, and um, yeah, rhythm. Um, but you were talking about how you see shapes when you, you play. Yeah. Talk about that. What is that like? Yeah. So like, like they're all kind of connection points. So I'm seeing more like triangles, squares, and like little zigzags. Mm-hmm. So, and it just shows me kind of like the pathways of where I'm going. So, uh, you know, I was taught like, every song has target notes. So, you know, if you have the major scale, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, you know, the, the major. And, um, you know, in a song, you, you might go from, you know, a, an A to a, a G to an F. Like, those are the target notes. Now, how you get to those notes is all on you. So, I can go, you know, A, do all this crazy stuff to go to the G, do all this other crazy stuff, and then go to the, you know, the F or whatever like that. So, when I'm thinking and learn the fundamentals of the song, I'm like, okay, I... I know this scale, I can do some crazy stuff, go to this note, do some other stuff to, and to make it more like flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- think it's, at times like the, the shapes can kind of like get overwhelming that, but other times it like, it makes sense and it makes things easier because it gives me more creative ability mm-hmm. to, to hit those target notes per se. But, like, even, you know, uh, one thing I do is, like, write on my windows. Mm-hmm. And those are, like, you know, you talked about, like, pacing and all this stuff. Like, those are the target notes. Like, mm-hmm. the, the themes and the the big moments that you want in a scene or in a, a piece. You know, I, I put all those on my windows. Like, those are huge bubbles. Okay, those are the target notes. Now, how do I, how do I get to those target notes? Mm-hmm. So, it might be oh, like, I saw this shot from this movie. I'm going to, like, replicate this. This is, that might be a little outlier scale, mm. but I'm still getting to the target note. So, they like, those target notes kind of keep me in line because those are the foundation of the song. Mm-hmm. You know, the song is a story or whatever like that. So, yeah. So, when you say shapes, do you, do you mean images? Yeah, so, like, in music, I'm seeing shapes. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, but but story is, like, images. So, like, in my head, if you ever seen, like, a mind map, mm-hmm. like, that's what i see okay so like i'm seeing the the main circle with all these little branches yeah so like that's how i rally everything into this central thing and that's mm-hmm. how it like it helps me write right. it helps me yeah. yeah i love the image of you writing on your windows yeah to change have you noticed like the difference when you're writing on your ideas on like a, a whiteboard or something compared to your windows um yeah like there's there's like a smoothness of my window with the markers that i choose um but it like i i did that like started doing it like a year and a half ago and i think that really changed like the way that i like process information um because i'm definitely type of person like i need as much information as possible so i can build it back up but like you know I just cleaned off, kind of still cleaned off my windows now, but like during the summer, everything, even the bathroom window, whatever window was in my apartment, everything was filled because yeah. like it, everything kind of had a different story or idea or a thought. So like it needs to be written down mm-hmm. and you know, I'll take a picture of it, put it digitally, but it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, just thinking about it, like when you write something down on a just solid surface, and it's there's nothing coming back at you but the words. But yeah. Through a window. Yeah. You're seeing your mind's like also interacting with what's behind the ideas. And yeah. The concepts. It's a, that's you're almost like draw like you're almost like creating in between dimensions. Yeah, it's it's a little trippy. Yeah. It'll, it's a little trippy. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because that's so that's sort of something that like I I always like was was always wondering while watching your stuff is you know you're clearly just a creative individual like innately i mean i would argue that all human beings yeah. are creatives but like you are at, at, at a, you like came in at already at a height where it's like you needed to create yeah some capacity of your life yeah but in one of your videos you mentioned how like creativity is a muscle that you have to exercise and you yeah. have to work yeah how do you like go about that? Obviously, you write on your windows is yeah. one part, but like, tell me a little bit about your process, dude. I think it goes back to, you know, the concept of my mother and bass, like, <laughs> and standing in that church pew. Yeah, yeah. like you know, um, the importance of practice. Like I, I believe wholeheartedly in in intentional practicing. Like you have to put in hours. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't go to a gym and you know, do one session, expect to be ripped. Yeah. Like, so I believe creativity is the same thing. And, I, you know, I, I think sometimes as creatives, we think just because it's creativity can, can be so free flowing and, and almost water like mm-hmm. that we don't have to give it that hard tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the really good creatives, um, whether that's film or music, they operate well under pressure. Mm-hmm. Because I think they've been pushed and they train themselves to maintain well under pressure. Um, and But they can also be free-flown and have those regulatory moments where everything is a little calm. And mm-hmm. so I, um, you know, I practice, like, I, whether it's, like, writing every day, whether it's reading, whether it's watching a new type of film or movie or, um, and even, you know, the thing I've had to challenge myself is live life. Like, that's because I... I'm definitely obsessed with what I do so I can be in a room mm-hmm. 16 hours and work. But like, okay, in order to practice my craft and that work that muscle even more, what stories are in life that mm-hmm. I can interact with? Um, but I think, you know, it's creativity is a muscle, so you, you got to work it every day in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest things that I think I admire about you and your work is that the consistency and the, the every it, it feels like every day you're posting something that is uh thought provoking and worthwhile and not just you know throwing you know meat at the wall or whatever yeah. it is um and uh like but at the same time i mean you're human i know like there's mo like life has the different paths yeah. for us whether like creativity is part of that yeah um part of that life mission or your argument is it creativity is just us buying time and yeah experiencing the human experience or whatever it is um you know life has its ups and downs yeah. and sometimes like for me like you know those downs really reflect my level of creativity sometimes yeah. it's just, i'm just i cannot i don't want to do anything like yeah. i want to lay around i want yeah. you know whatever it is that i need to do how do you like pick your where, where do you do you find yourself you know, organically picking yourself back up? Mm-hmm. Or is there something like, hey, I've noticed that I'm feeling down and my creativity has suffered because of it? 
I should do this, this, and this. Like, yeah. You know, um, how do you deal with those ups and downs? I think a, a part of it is I try to look at the down moments as like, it's like, it's the, the stories that we kind of want to overlook in our journey. Like, yeah. um, but I, I've been trying to make a, a conscious effort of what's the story in me feeling down and like, how can I make that to create in order to make me feel up? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's, you know, like I'm dealing with heartbreak, you know, there's definitely times like I don't want to create because my heart is heavy. Yeah. Why is my heart heavy? Like, is it because I got rejected? Is it because, you know, I feel like I'm not good enough? Like, so, and even if, if, if that's not being put out, like I'm not putting that out, like I'll still create something, mm-hmm. whether it's me writing or like a melody or, you know, something that I see in my head or, but it's like, taking those those deep vulnerable vulnerable moments that i would try to sleep away or suppress or whatever Mm -hmm. like that let me put it out and just see what comes of it um because i do think like those moments there are themes within those moments and then those things make us into whatever person that we want to be so why not like acknowledge it in a creative way Mm -hmm. yeah and uh yeah that's that's a really interesting look at that because, you know, you were saying like just a, a little melody or something in your head, you know, yeah. that's creative. That's yeah. you being creating like even, you know, those vulnerable stories, those negative, those negative stories, those false realities that, you know, you live in an anxious state of yeah. like, even that is like creation. It's creating, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you're creating a false narrative. You're creating like a, you know, something that isn't existing and it creates, you know, this feeling inside of you. Yep. Um, and acknowledging that as creation. Yeah. And almost like, because it feels good to create the good stuff, the stuff you're proud of, Mm -hmm. right? But the stuff like creating the stuff that you're not proud of, the stuff that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Acknowledging that and being like, I'm still, you know, this is as much a part of me as the good stuff. Dude. It's the shadow self. It's the shadow. Yep. It to you know the light and and um, that is a really interesting way of looking at it. I, I honestly haven't looked at it. I just like and it's something I've I've had to learn because I I suppress things easily. Like I just I'm just gonna work. Like I'm gonna work to put it off. But you know, um, sometimes the the stuff that I put out is for me. Like the like I'm kind of like speaking to myself. Yeah. So. You know, there have been times where, you know, I've dealt with rejection mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, I put a piece out about male loneliness. Like, you know, as a dude, sometimes I feel lonely. Mm-hmm. How do I express that? And um, without, without you know, going the woe is me, but it's really like to the point of acknowledgement, like this is how I feel. And I think this is how other people are feeling too. So like, mm-hmm. how can I create one, get that out of me and also have that level of relatability where other people understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it wild though? <laughs> this just made me think when you said that as a dude, I feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, just that we have to express as yeah. a dude, that part of that sentence. Feel like, cause, um, I wrote a, a newsletter piece about it and it's seeing the, the reactions of of people's you know, people's reactions to guys saying that they're lonely. It's like, oh, I just 
hang out with other dudes or, you know, get a hobby or, I'm like, no, like, cause I don't know if you've ever felt it, but, you know, when I felt, when I felt lonely, it is like this empty feeling. It's like, no matter what I do, I still come back to an empty room, empty home, no one's there, like, so, you know, even recently I've had to ask myself, okay, why am I feeling lonely? Is it the lack of companionship? Is it because I'm kind of maybe mentally or physically drained? Like, why am I feeling lonely? And then what do you do in a healthy way to not even fix that, but just kind of get to a better place? And that's where kind of Mm -hmm. creation comes in. That's kind of sometimes where those ideas kind of flow. Yeah. You know what? I was just so I was just writing something similar about this. And this is why I think I love to write. and I'm a writer no matter what is that um, as you like you know, attach yourself to the pen, attach yourself to the paper, and it becomes just like stream of consciousness. Yeah. You get to that point where you can kind of, you know, not only uh, take it all, the whole piece as is, but you mm-hmm. can also kind of trim the fat and like yeah. you see yourself going as a dude, I feel lonely. And it's like, well, why is that as a dude part even there? It's like that right there, that section of sentence mm-hmm. carries so much weight. It, it does. carries like, what does that mean to be a dude? What does it mean to be like this person who has to clarify before they can just express? Yeah. I don't like, I feel this type of way. And then on top of that is like feeling lonely, you know, for me, I will go to great, great lengths to distract myself from feeling lonely. Yeah. To the detriment of other things in my life. Yeah. Like whether that be like distracting myself with, uh, friends or distracting myself with um you know smoke or booze or whatever it is um and to avoid that feeling and i think you know there's a lonely men are feeling lonely it is there a point to that maybe there's a reason that we're feeling lonely and maybe you're meant to sit in that loneliness because that is a hard thing to do dude no i that is like i think you know I think silence is a beautiful thing and I've, I've learned to accept it, especially this year of like sitting in silence. I think, you know, we're around noise all the time and in the midst of loneliness and I think true loneliness comes silence and you have to kind of listen. That's when like the inner parts become loud and you're forced to listen. So like, you know, when I am lonely, I'll just sit. Like, okay. And, you know, I don't really cry, but those are the moments where, like, you feel like you have to cry, but it's not coming out. Um, But in those moments, it provides, like, clarity for me. Like, okay, just whatever is is feeling, just feel. And it's, like, it's good, but it's, it's... Like, you putting all your feelings on Front Street, and you be like, damn, I'm kind of a little... <laughs> messed up or Abram, you need kinda of need to get your act together or whatever like that. But I've I've learned to appreciate that silence over time. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously I'm I'm still I'm still learning that um that side of it. But yeah, that, that silence can be Yeah. Yeah. I you know so one of the pieces that I that I watched when you put that when you immediately put it out was that, that, that piece on, on being unable to cry. Yeah. And um, 
that actually I was thinking about that like my entire week because like I was like, damn, I can't even remember the last time I cried. Yeah. And it's almost like when I have moments where it's like, okay, I'm going to cry now. It's like I feel it. It comes up out of nowhere and then I got to like jump on it. Yeah. And be like, okay, let's ride it out. Let's like, let's feel this. Yeah. Because innately almost, I don't know. I just like, w- like it's so quick. It's so like part of me that I'll, I'll bite it back. Yeah. And I'll, I'll immediately like get my shit together. Like yeah. you're saying, it was like pull it together and not even allow myself to like feel that. Yeah. But that like carries on like that, that weight definitely carries and it transfers on yeah um no 100 percent. i i i'm i'm the same way like even get yourself together Mm -hmm. like because you can feel it behind your eyes i'm like stop but it's but i'm scared of the day when it does come out Mm -hmm. because how much suppression is coming out in that moment that i could have you know right grieved on or could have had that moment you know, months or years ago. Right. So that's, and that's the crying is what I'm still working on because I still haven't cried to this yeah. day. So it's like, but when it does happen, accept it yeah. for what it is. And also, you know, I think with, especially with men, it's like there's a level of vulnerability that comes with crying yeah. and saying it's okay to cry and not like, be like, oh man, I'm not supposed to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's that's definitely a part that I'm unlearning as well, and it's like still to this day, like I'm, I'm a dude, I'm not supposed to cry, like, yeah. but like, dude, just you're fine, just yeah. go ahead and do it. You yeah. Know? Well, I think of it like as a damn, like I don't know, we'll get real personal. Yeah. <laughs> as a damn, like I think of it as a damn, like uh, the water builds up and builds up and builds up until yeah. it can't hold anymore, and then you're explode, like all this stuff is coming out from years ago, yeah. or like it's things that you've been holding on to. And if someone's in the way of that, like, that's just unhealthy. It's just not fair. And and I don't know. Yeah, like, trying to, like, that's what, like, having those streams, like, consistent small trickles of water will keep from that that dam, like, building up. And and, That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't know. That, that, talking about this, like, that that image, like, came to mind. Um, I've never come up with that. That that was good. I really like that. Um. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, dude. But, like, that was your storytelling. And it stuck with me through the week. Like, and it's like, <laughs> what, what is that? Like, do you ever think about that? Do you ever find, like, yourself catching that? I don't know. For me, I'll be a story. Like, I wanted to be a storyteller. That's what I want to be. I can't. I don't want to be it so bad. I didn't even. There's no really question in, in yeah. questioning, like, why I'm doing it, you know? Um, yeah. And. Sometimes, like, I think about, you know, the people who do digest my material Mm -hmm. and, like, that kind of level of influence because you are low-key an influencer. I don't know if you look at yourself like that, but, um, like, that's what I feel like your your content is. It's, like, think pieces and you're influencing people to think and, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, like I said, like, um, digest your material. Yeah, I think that... Ultimately, like, that's what I want. Like, I want people to think. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think there are so many... We I feel like with social media, we talk about the same things mm-hmm. all the time. Well, it's like relationships, money, kind of superficial things. Yeah. It's like, there's so many other things to kind of bring to the forefront, especially in a, like, 
artistic way. And I feel like art has this sanctity to it mm-hmm. where it, it has it holds a special place in the world um, for centuries. So like it's a vehicle. So like why why not use this vehicle of film to and writing to make you think about I don't know, you know, is jazz dying? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, is is more of metaphorical of course, but you know, or our pride or, you know, the the journeys that we take through life, you know, are we trying to fight with God and not take the journey? Like these are the things that I I think I think people think about, but just like the avenue of putting it out is, you know, probably not as accessible or, you know, don't really know how to put the words together or something like that. But yeah, I, like the influencer piece, it's like I, um, I, I think it's, I think I had to remove like the ego from the stuff that I put out because for a time I wanted it to be like self-serving. Now, I, you know, I want to have a career as a storyteller right. and I want, but it's like, I think you can still have a career and be selfless doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, I, I kind of had to remove that that ego from it and be like, you know, I'm just going to create just however you take it is however you take it. Mm-hmm. But I do want you to think, and that's why I'm creating it the way I am. Yeah. So, yeah. That made me immediately think of your uh, piece, uh, Your Arms Too Short to Yeah. God. Yeah. Was that your line? So that that opening line is yeah. James Weldon Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, okay. but yeah, I used to. Uh-huh. So like when I was younger, that was a, a speech I had to give every year. Yeah. And I, and that's like I remember the line, you know, young man, young man, your arms are too short to box with God. But uh, I was in Canada for a work trip, and during that time, it was hard for me to walk. Mm-hmm. So like I got injured in like May, and so uh, my friend Broderick went with me, and. We went on this bus, and um, they were talking about how long the the ride was to get to this place. And you, you see, like, the vastness of Canada with all these mountains. And just kept on ringing in my ear, like, young man, young man, your arm's too short to box with God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, what things around me kind of work with that? And it's like, if you're taking a journey, you're taking a ride, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go, and you have the aisle, and you're contemplating if you, you're trying to fight I'm not trying to go but it's kind of inevitable um and then you know music is a really big part so I heard that you know that that song um you know Bug Collector and just the the mm-hmm. guitar chords and just like it hit my heart and it's like you know that first line and Broderick helped me film on that bus and like I edited it in probably like an hour or two yeah and then you know put it up but yeah that one it just started with that piece and I was like, bro, yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I love like the bus ride was like the perfect imagery for that. Piece. Yeah. I love, I mean, I was, I had some poets on, um, the podcast for season three, not too long ago. Yeah. And, um, one of them was talking about how the next step is like attaching their poems to visuals. Like, yeah. The, whoever figures that out is like, that's where it's like headed. And, you know that piece was very like it, I mean, your a lot of your pieces are very poetic and they're very um, uh, stylized in, in in the writing. Yeah, as well as the audio, by the way, like the engine, like the some of the sounds on your on your on your reels are really great. Um, 
but I loved the bus ride as a visual because I don't know when I heard those words, cause that was actually, I think the first time I'd, I'd heard those words, um, was, uh, my thought was like about my ambition yeah, and like wanting to be here when I'm here and like continuously peeking down the road, like under trying to figure out when am I going to get there? Yeah. And, um, like that bus ride felt like that perfect little encapsulation of that, of like staring out the window and like, yeah. you know, I feel like buses don't get the great, the greatest connotation. Although I'm like super pro bus. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, uh, you know, super pro, uh, public transportation, but yeah, like the idea of a long bus ride. Yeah. Like no one's like, I'm going to go like, how am I going to spend this Saturday afternoon yeah, no. on a long bus ride? No. Cause that's like a, cause you know, when I, the whole piece is about like the prodigal son. And if, you know, if no one knows about the prodigal son, it's like this biblical parable where the, the son, you know, takes his inheritance and, and leaves home mm -hmm. and, you know, squanders his inheritance just to come back home, but he endures so much. And, you know, just like reading that as like talking about it as a kid, like you really, really don't understand. You're just saying it because your parents told you, but like, you know, young man, young man, your arms are too short to box with God. It's like putting you in your place. Yeah. You know, like you, you think you got it. You think you're the big man, but like you're really not. Mm -hmm. So and I think in even just being injured, I think taught me that as well because I'm used to running, running around so much. Like I got to do this, got to do that. And like I was bedridden for like a month and wasn't able to do anything. Like I, it, like, you know, it, I never really appreciated getting up and walking to the shower, mm -hmm. like without pain. Like, and like, you know, I twist just as a backstory, like I was playing soccer. I, I twisted too far and something happened with my sciatic and it just like shot down my leg. And that first day my mom had to rush me to the hospital and um, like I, I was in and out of consciousness for like three or four days. Like I don't remember Whoa. what happened. Um, I, you know, the drugs were heavy and all that stuff, but um it, it forced me to like slow down and even just going to Canada, I still felt pain. I had to like have crutches and shit like that. But it was like, Abram, you, you know, you think you got it together. You think you taking this journey, like your arms are too short, mm -hmm. like chill. Mm -hmm. And I, I, in, in writing that, I was like, like it kind of reminds me of the prodigal son, not saying I'm going off and squandered, but it's like, you know, you eventually come back to your senses and it, I had to come back to my senses for a little bit and just be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's scary, man. I hadn't, I didn't know that was the, the, yeah, dude, that's a <laughs> like, scary injury. I, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Like uh -huh. it, you know, and I was also, you know, working on like two separate projects at the time, you know, like a docu-series and then, you know, manifesto for work. And it, force me to you know just like solely work on that because i can't move from a bed yeah. my mom had to come over and like help me shower help me walk like i things you would you take for granted like walking up steps walking down the street walking you know to the bathroom like bro when i want to tell you it's just like pain after pain after pain like i never want to experience that ever again but now after it went away i'm like so grateful mm -hmm. it's like um you don't, you know, 
we take the, the small things, the mundane things for granted. I think that's why I'm so gung-ho on, like, there's beauty in the mundane. There's beauty in walking. There's beauty in breathing. But you don't appreciate it when you have it in mm-hmm. front of you. Once it's taken away, you, you know, your lungs is taken away, you appreciate the, the, the air. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a slice of humble pie. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, let's real quick talk about um, your work because – as in not just um your your creative work but your yeah. consultant consulting work yeah because, yeah because uh it seems like you're really flourishing and you're doing well um yeah yeah how's that balance been the I think the balance the balance has been dope yeah. um I've i been seeing an overlap um I I believe there's storytelling within everything and there I solely work with entrepreneurs and um. One of the the things I've noticed, you know, you look at you know Steve Jobs, for example. I feel like he was a really good storyteller, and but you know when you think of entrepreneurs, a lot of people don't have the access to capital like a Steve Jobs has, but you can still tell your story, and I, I, that's where I kind of come in and believe that that vehicle of storytelling is through content, viral trending content. I think only goes so far. Um, I think when you have a business, you got to speak to the heart of the people. Um, and you gotta you gotta know the people that you're speaking to. So it is, a, you know, it goes back to community. Um, so I, you know, I I believe that there are different types of content that speak to the heart of the people. So that's why I kind of come in and figure out what's the north star, mm-hmm. how to build that visually. Um, brand is obviously more than a logo, but it's it's more than even just like design and the way the videos look. It's like what's the messaging? You know, yeah. you can. You can make somebody feel just with this style in my phone, you know. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I come in and, and help focus on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And um, so, like, who are usually your clients? So, my clients now are are it's, it's kind of like varied now because it was solely entrepreneurs. Like last year, it was solely you know tech entrepreneurs specifically. Mm-hmm. Now it's I'm working with like from real estate people to. Yeah influencers and like people just have just mom and pop shops that I'm just consulting uh-huh. um, and helping them navigate, you know, this to figure out what their story is and how to adequately tell it. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. A, that's great. How do you start up doing that? Um, so I worked at an ad agency uh-huh. and then I kind of stumbled into it. It's like, just as an editor, and the edits I was making was more was like, they're called hero pieces. So just, you know, things that are more polished, longer form. And um, it came came from my content. So it was like, oh, Amy, you're, like, you're really good at these cinematic edits. Do it for this entrepreneur. And this the guy I worked with, his name was John Henry. He was a bigger entrepreneur in like New York. Mm-hmm. I was doing it. I was like, dude, like the stuff I was learning there, I was like, okay, this is all under storytelling. Like this is all... Okay, so how do I funnel that in? Like, I think I'm storytelling on my platform, like on my page, I don't know. But it's kind of, I started working with more. And then one day, I got a random DM from an entrepreneur in Atlanta. He was like, hey, I saw your stuff. And, like, let me fly you out to Atlanta. Just do, like, a a docu, like a three-episode docu episode on, on me, like for IG. And... To see, like, the footage that I get in a day cultivate into a story. That, like, I don't even know what the story is until I get all the footage, for real. Um, like, I kind of know a little bit, but, like, 
you kind of make it on the spot. And I was like, oh, I think this this is something. I don't know what it is, but like this is storytelling, mm-hmm. like in a micro form. And it just it just kind of like grew from there. And I kind of learned the ins and outs. I started learning more about business and in, investing and how investors work. It was like, you know, when 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 you're going to an investor, obviously they want their money back, mm-hmm. you know, but they're also an a good investor will also invest in the story of the entrepreneur as well. Like I'm not, it's not just the business it's the founder. Yeah. So how can you tell your story effectively? And I think that's a, a piece that I think is missing most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that. It's almost like a whole nother, like you got to come up with a word for that. Like, you know, Dude. <laughs> I'm like sitting like here thinking I'm like, it's like a uh, storytelling mage or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, uh, I don't know, uh, roaming uh, storyteller, entrepreneur. I don't know what that, you got to put. Dude, I got to figure out. You got to name what that is because it, it is consulting, but that's not good enough for what you're doing. You got to come up with something creative. Dude, I'm, um, I just see like a, a gap, I think, with, you know entrepreneurship is such a fleeting thing everybody kind of wants to be an entrepreneur yeah i think outside of the funding and investment there's so many other struggles that come with an entrepreneur yeah i think storytelling is a really big piece and when you hone that i think that's why so many people look up to steve jobs Mm -hmm. it's like apple makes you feel like they can talk about gigahertz and microchips and all that Mm -hmm. stuff all day but they make you like feel something so if you can make a person customer whatever feels something that's how you gain community right yeah and that's it right there dude thank you so much for coming on yeah no thank you man um this was a great conversation i hope to have you on back on again i'm sure we'll give you a little bit more time no this is perfect somewhere else entirely so dude yeah thank you for coming on and uh you're welcome back anytime yeah definitely all right (laughs) yeah appreciate y'all yeah